Robert Pittman, the founder and chairman of MTV, stated the following concerning MTV's philosophy. We are dealing with a culture of TV babies, said Pittman. They can watch, do their homework, and listen to music all at the same time. And at MTV, we don't shoot for 14-year-olds. We own them. End of quote. The strongest appeal you can make is emotionally. He said if you can get their emotions going, they forget their logic. Then you've got them. They'll accept almost anything over the screen, said Robert Pittman. And he said, and I repeat, at MTV, we don't shoot for 14-year-olds. We own them. There is an unparalleled attack on the youth of our generation. The enemy is attacking them from all sides. This generation is fighting things that earlier generations could never have imagined. And as a youth pastor, I can stand as a testimony of the effect that life can have on a young person around 12 to 14 years old. There is a reason that the enemy attacks us so strong in the stages of our infancy. You say, why is the devil attacking me so strong? I haven't even taught a Bible study yet. Why is Satan coming at me so strong? I haven't even preached a sermon yet. Why does the devil hate me so much? I haven't won a single soul to the Lord yet. I'll tell you why the enemy attacks you in your infancy and why there is an attack on this younger generation. Because he is terrified of one thing what you will become. Satan trembles at the potential of your future, and the hardest attack of your life is the foundation of your future and validation of the call of God on your life. Your greatest opposition is the segue into the divine demonstration of God, and the enemy doesn't always attack you because of who you are. Sometimes he attacks you because of what you will become. Herod tried to kill Jesus in his infancy, but Herod is dead and Jesus is still alive. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Noteworthy Podcast, where we'll be talking about outliving the opposition, because even when Herod is dead, Jesus is still alive. Let's go. You know, there are thousands, literally thousands of podcasts out there, and some of them are pretty ridiculous with pretty shallow content. Well, have you been looking for some more podcasts that will bless you and uplift you and have content that's going to make you a better person? Well, let me tell you about the This Is Where It Starts podcast hosted by our friend Brittany Scott. This is a podcast that inspires people just like you to chase big ideas and start movements 
that make a difference. The This Is Where It Starts podcast is sponsoring today's episode, and it's hosted by the one and only Brittany Scott. Maybe you've heard songs like uh, Fight For Us or We Just Want You, okay? These are songs written and recorded by Brittany Scott. You may know her for her singing and her artistry, but I bet you didn't know she was a podcaster too, and it has amazing content. Brittany Scott is the founder of the Worship Workshop, co-founder of the Battle Cry Tour, church planner, recording artist, and dreamer. She's going to be sharing personal experiences with chasing big ideas that make a kingdom impact and sitting down with other successful leaders, ministers, and entrepreneurs and more to find out what's worked for them. So be sure to go type in This Is Where It Starts wherever you listen to podcasts and go follow Brittany today. It's going to bless your life. The angel of the Lord had come to Joseph in a dream in Matthew 2 and 13, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. Herod is dead. No heaven didn't reach down and strike him down. Angels didn't fly down from heaven to kill Herod. Jesus just simply outlived him. He outlived the opposition. Herod is dead and Jesus is still alive. For instance, there's somebody who only had two years of formal schooling. He never learned how to read music when he composed his songs he would hum the melody and a musical secretary would write down the notes. Many would tell him he couldn't be a successful songwriter because of his lack of musical knowledge on paper. And he became one of the greatest songwriters the country has ever known, writing songs like White Christmas and God Bless America. He may not have been the perfect candidate, but he had a song in his heart and the power to become. There's a reason that Herod wanted Jesus dead, not because he was intimidating as a baby, but because he was terrified of who he would become. Jesus has been born. The angels were singing his praises. Surely he would be wrapped in the finest clothes and they would be preparing his throne, but that's not what the Bible says. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, Joseph and Mary are now holding Jesus tight in their arms as they run for the land of Egypt. Herod heard that there was a new king in town, and in a jealous and psychotic rage, he gave the order to kill every boy in Bethlehem two years and younger. Mary and Joseph now fear for Jesus's life, and scripture tells us that an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph. 
and he says, when you've departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother and go to Egypt and just go and wait there until I bring word because Herod seeks to destroy him. Jesus hadn't opened the blind eyes yet. He hadn't unstopped the deaf ears yet. He hadn't healed the lame yet, but the enemy was attacking him because Satan knew that if he had any chance at all at stopping him, he would have to try to kill him in his infancy. The enemy always tries to attack you in your weakest and most vulnerable moments. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels to kill Herod. He could have sent a lightning bolt from heaven and wiped Herod out. But scripture doesn't say that. There's no lightning bolts. If you were there, all you would see is a young family waiting in Egypt. Why? Because that's what the angel told them to do. The Bible doesn't tell exactly how long they had to wait, but one day, that same angel came back onto the scene in Matthew 2.19. But when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. Jesus didn't kill Herod. He simply outlived him. Brothers and sisters, Listeners of this podcast, I know some of you have been waiting for a long time. I know the opposition has been great, but there is coming a day, if you'll keep living for God, that God will step into your situation. Herod is going to die. The opposition is going to die, but guess what? Jesus will still be alive. Sometimes you don't need a miracle to make it through. Sometimes you just need to make it through to see a miracle. And if you'll hold on, the angel of the Lord will show up and say, Good news, Herod is dead and Jesus is alive. My friends, Herod tried to murder him. Satan tried to tempt him. The Sanhedrin tried to oppose him. His own people did not receive him. The demons of hell thought that the cross would finish him. But Jesus is still here. You can't tell me that he's not here because he filled me with the Holy Ghost and I spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. I have spoken to him and he's spoken to me. You can't tell me he's not here. 488 million worship Buddha. But Buddha is not here. Millions worship Allah, but Allah is not here. Hindus worship Brahma, but Brahma is not here. But nothing has been able to stop Jesus. He is still here, and he's not going anywhere. Matthew 16 and 18 says, And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There will always be opposition, but we're going to outlive the opposition if we'll stay with Jesus. Nero couldn't stop it, 
and neither can any other man. You may not like the church, but the church is still here. And the church is not going anywhere because it's tied to something that's forever. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You're going to make it because you're a part of something that never dies. The church is the only institution on earth whose founder will never die. Jesus outlived the opposition and he is still here today. Before the great exodus out of Egypt, there was a little baby boy named Moses. He hadn't delivered the Israelites yet. He had yet to see the Red Sea Road part. But the enemy was already trying to take his life. Pharaoh had given the order to cast the baby boys into the Nile. So a loving mother put her son in an ark-like basket and set him loose into the water. And the enemy tried to kill him, not because of who he was, but because of who he would become. The foundation of his future is being built through opposition. Because one day he would stand before Pharaoh and say, let my people go. I'm telling you today that God is preparing you for greatness. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. God is calling you to greatness. I know you can't see it right now, but the word is coming forth that the very thing that you've had to hide from, the very thing that forced you out into Egypt, God has has been faithful. He's been there with you in Egypt. And now the angel of the Lord has come and said, Herod's dead. Guess what? You can come out of hiding, come out of the darkness because God wants to use you. You know, God was done with Saul. He disobeyed him too many times. The time had come for God to anoint a new king over Israel and God had told Samuel that he would reveal to him a new king, a moment of greatness in history. Samuel went to Jesse's house and he looked at seven sons. He looks at how tall and how strong they were and thought, surely none of these will be the king. First Samuel 16 and 7, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. God doesn't see the way man sees. He looks at a man not for who he is, but for who he will become. And God told Samuel, none of these will be king. Samuel said unto Jesse, are these all your children? And he said, there's... There's, there's one yet that still remains. He's the youngest, and, and he keeps the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and fetch him, for we'll not sit down till he comes. David wasn't even brought into the house to be considered. He wasn't looking for a position. He was out in the field doing what he always did. God looked at these men looking for position, and he looked out into the field. And there stood a king. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. 
So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. God is not looking for people who are fascinated and driven by position. God is looking for the people out in the field doing what they've always done for God. You need prayer, they're still out there praying. You need a Bible study, they're still out there giving Bible studies. You need a worship leader, they're leading worship every Sunday, every Wednesday. You, you need somebody to teach that split session. They're teaching that class every single week. They, you need somebody to open up their house and have a Bible study once a week on Friday nights, even though that's time they could be spending alone with their family. They're doing it every Friday night. And God says, I'm not interested in those who want a position. I'm just looking for somebody out in the field. And they look out and they see David standing in the field with the sheep doing what he always did. And they and he wasn't even considered to be king. And God says, that's who I've chosen. You're looking at all these brothers who are tall and strong and you think they're king material. But no, I'm looking out into the field and and you may not see it yet, but I see I see power in what they are going to become. There is so much power in your potential. There is so much power in what God is going to do. I want to close with this, John chapter 1 and verse 12, one of my favorite scriptures. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Power to become. You might be listening to this podcast today and be thinking, I, I, I don't understand why the enemy has been so hard on me. I don't understand why I'm, I'm going through this valley right now. I'm going to tell you why. There's a target on you and there's an attack on you because the devil is terrified that if you can just keep doing what God has always called you to do, it's those little things over and over and over again. And that is who the devil is scared of. The devil's not scared of people out there looking for titles and positions and platforms. The real intimidators of hell are those that go out into the field every day and when nobody's looking, they protect the sheep. And when nobody's looking, they're fending off the wolves. And when nobody's looking, they're praying. And when nobody's looking, they're in a secret place with God. And they're not praying because they have a microphone. They're praying because they have a relationship. Guys, Herod is dead. The greatest opposition that the devil can throw at you, it can only live for so long. But Jesus will always be alive. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I would love to uh, have prayer with you. I'm very excited about next week's episode. Uh, and it's just, uh, guys, this is just so much fun to me. It's such a blessing to get to be a part. And I feel honored to be a part of your weekly routine. And I thank you for tuning in. Let's pray today. Lord, in Jesus' name, I want to pray for those that are listening right now, that you would encourage them and that you would lift them up. Lord, there's attacks on 
some people in their infancy and and they might not be as strong as they want to be. They might not have reached their full potential, but that's exactly why they're under attack. And God, I pray, Lord, that when we are weak, that you will be strong. That we, when we don't have the answers, that you would fight for us and will give you all the glory and the honor. And God, I thank you that no matter what enemy comes against us, no matter how powerful and strong Herod seems, you are more powerful and you are stronger. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. I love you. Be sure to leave a rating and review, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.